Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is the Bliss Report. It is Dr. Sasheen. It is Monday morning. Good morning out there, listeners. How's it going? How was your weekend? Hopefully it was very well and you had a chance to encounter bliss in unexpected ways that allowed you to lean in to the joyful process of living. It is Monday, the Monday after what was a short week last week because it was the Labor Day holiday, but here in the United States, it was also, uh, it's also the Monday, Monday after the 20th anniversary of September 11th. So there were a lot of, um, a lot of sad moments this past weekend, but also a lot of joyous moments. So, uh, hopefully as Monday has rolled around, everyone is feeling at peace in some ways, at least with where they find themselves this Monday morning. So what are we talking about? This week, we are devoting uh, to the idea of living your best, most blissful life through travel and investing in foreign travel, investing in travel period, investing in expanding your travel repertoire. Now, I know that for a lot of women, the idea of solo travel is difficult at best because we're very conditioned to not seek out places on our own and for a lot of reasons which we'll discuss as the week wears on but today we're going to focus on the happy factor of travel and we're going to talk about some of the things that prevent women from traveling solo from from getting out there and taking that first trip talk about that first trip and subsequent trips and we're going to talk a little bit about how you really want to think about whether it's always necessary to take someone with you when you go exploring the world. And I, I understand that for some people, the thought of traveling or exploring the world on their own literally makes them crazy, literally. But I'm going to encourage you to think outside the box today because our second chapter, right, is supposed to be our best chapter. And part of understanding what you really want out of life is being open to the possibility that what you thought you believed about something may not actually hold true. So whether you're listening to me on the treadmill, over your first cup of coffee or tea, in the car, on the way to work, on the the Peloton, wherever you're finding me today, hopefully you find my, my voice and my words to be in some way encouraging for you as you embark on the beginning of your week. So again, this is Dr. Sasheen. It's Monday morning and welcome to the Bliss Report. We'll be back to get started right after a word from our sponsor. All right, everybody. So a couple of housekeeping things before I jump into the concept of traveling this happy Monday. And that is we are on a new platform. Hooray for us. We are on Amazon Music. So I am so excited to say this. I've been waiting for a whole week just to verify that everything was kosher and, and, and that we're all there. But we are officially a part of the Amazon Music family. So if you listen to your Alexa um, in, the, in the house and you have you stream your podcast that way, you can find The Bliss Report now on Amazon Music. I'm so excited. I'm actually going to post a visual of it on the Instagram and Facebook pages so that you can see it. It's so cool. I'm, I'm completely geeking out. Okay, I really am. Um, it's been a long journey of getting this podcast out to more and more audiences. So thank you for listening and hopefully uh, we will reach new audiences. So for those of you who might be tuning in who don't know me, I'm Dr. Sasheen. I am your lifestyle of bliss coach known as the Bliss Doctor on Instagram and Facebook. And my goal is to help women achieve an amazing second act after 40, whether you're coming after out of a divorce, or which is what my specialty is with my clients, or you're just ready for act two because the second act is the best act, right? And so we're, we here at the Bliss Report like to talk about ways to make life 
utterly blissful, seeking to answer simply the question of how much happy can you stand to receive today? And my job is to bring you that happy and hopefully you take it and scoop up as much of it as you want to as you go on about your day because there's no end to the happy in the world. There just isn't. We think there is because the world might tell us that, but there's just no end to the amount of happy that we're entitled to. We just have to reach out there and take it. All right, so today we're talking about travel, okay? Uh, The idea of solo travel, the idea of taking time to find the new you through a new adventure. And I love, so there's this great quote by Colette that I keep. And it says, you will do foolish things, but do them with enthusiasm. I want to tell you a story. So my very first time taking a trip on my own with no one to hold my hand, you know, not with the family, not with my parents, um, not on a family vacation. Uh, and this is, so my very first trip was, was a road trip that I took by myself to see a friend. Um, wasn't very far from where I lived in Missouri, but it was, uh, so me, me and a girlfriend. So it wasn't even, so my first trip wasn't a solo trip. It was me and a girlfriend, but it was the first time I had left the state without the wingspan of, of one of my parents over the top of me. You know, that feeling like you're out there, you're not, you're not really an adult yet, but you're not really a child anymore. And I was in high school and some friends, a good friend had moved to another state. And so me and my best friend at the time decided to road trip up and, and see where he lived and, and give him some support. And um, so we took this road trip through the middle of, of America because we lived in the Midwest and I lived in Missouri and and, and he lived in, uh, our friend that we're visiting lived in Iowa. And this may not seem like a big deal, but it was the first time that I had ever done anything of this kind. I, I'd never gotten in a car and traveled across the highway long distances without it being some kind of sporting event that I was in or some kind of uh, excuse me choir event because I was heavily into choir and debate in high school uh, some kind of sanctioned school formal event on a big bus with a bu- with like 30 other people plus 12 different chaperones right my dad following in the car behind because he well, he would always volunteer when he could to chaperone stuff for me um, so this wasn't that this wasn't again like I said wasn't my parents the wingspan of my parents covering us for family vacation or whatever or to go to some you know family event that we needed to all go to. This was just me and my bestie in the car, in this old beat up car on the highway by ourselves. Like if something happened, we had to figure it out. And by the way, if you're listening out there, this is before cell phones were ubiquitous. So we were out there, out there. There wasn't a, oh, if we, if we break down on the side of the road, we'll just call mom and dad on the cell phone and they'll come find us. We would have had to walk to a payphone or to a gas station, or flag someone down. Like, these were those kinds of days. And it was heady. Um, We didn't, you don't think when you're that young, all of the things that could possibly go wrong. And that's where that Colette saying really inspires me. You will do foolish things, but do them with enthusiasm. We got out there, and we made that trip back uh, up and down for the weekend. We went up on a Friday, I think, after after school, after high school. And then we came back because we had to be in school on Monday. And we spent the weekend rolling around this little town in Iowa with um, our, our, our friend and his new friends. And then we drove back home. And we drove back home late at night. And, and it was... Um, it's one of the best experiences that I will always hold on to, even though that friend and I are no longer connected. It's still something that I always hold on to as the moment I realize that you can do a lot of, of things if you just believe that it's going to be okay. 
And I'm not going to say, so let me just caveat pause at the very beginning and say, I am fully aware of the dangers of, that are implicit for, for young women and women in general in the world. <clears throat> so please do not think that I'm saying that you can believe your way out of danger. We were young, but we were also pretty pragmatic, which is why our parents let us go. We were two girls who, who you know, we worked jobs, part-time jobs. We were in school. We were doing good. This was a good friend of ours, but it was hairy times. If you think about it, think about letting your child just go now without some kind of electronic tracking device. It would just, you know, be crazy to think that that's possible. But at the time, we didn't, we didn't fear what we didn't know. We just knew we were going to go. And that's the beauty of getting that first trip under your belt if you've never taken one before. Now, for many of my listening audience, maybe you've traveled extensively. And so this won't really apply to you, but just stick with us, okay? Because you might be able to help someone in your world understand the value of what it means to take that trip, to, to put yourself in a place that you're not familiar with all by yourself, and, and believe that you're going to be okay. Hang on a second. I'm dropping something down. Okay. So the experience of getting yourself out into the world is something that we love as a culture, right? Because travel shows are really, really popular. We, we love to watch all the travel shows on travel. Like there's an entire travel channel that does a whole lot more than travel shows now. But back in the day, we were watching the travel channel because we were living vicariously through so many people who were getting out there and seeing the world. One of the most popular radio shows still to this day is we, Rick D's. Um, travel channel, the travel show. And so we love to travel. We love the idea of travel, the romance of travel, the possibility of good food, of new experiences, of seeing things that we don't see every day. But sometimes we get caught up and bogged down in the stuff of life. Well, here's what I want to say. One of the things that we can collect in our second act are experiences that make us feel good. Experiences that bring us out in ways that we may never have come out before. Experiences that bind to our souls and kind of dislodge old experiences that we don't want to experience anymore. Memories that we don't want to have. Making new memories is one of the reasons why I highly encourage taking a chance and getting out there in the world on your own. Now, what does that mean? Let, let's talk about this. There are many ways to get out in the world on your own. You can do a staycation. You can do a vacation. You can travel domestically. You can travel internationally. You can drive. You can fly. You can rent a boat. Like There are so many ways to get the experience of doing something on your own. But the experience of doing something on your own, if you've never done it before, if you've never taken that one step to do that thing by yourself, or if you just can't do it with one one best buddy, the two of you on your own together in the world, um, then you're missing out. Solo travel and solo experiences provide two things. Number one, they answer the question of who are you? They allow you to answer the question of who you are. Because when you tra- when you plan something just for yourself, when you don't have to consider another person, when you don't have to think about accommodating other people, when you have when you have the luxury of picking any activity, any uh, place, any um, uh, venue, anything, because it makes you feel good, you start to figure out what makes you feel good, right? You start to figure out, well, what I really love are 
staycations where I can go to a cooking class and learn something new about how to cook in the kitchen because I love to cook. Or maybe you you realize that what you really love is biking through the mountains and you want to take a vacation domestically to bike your way through one of the great national parks that we are blessed to have here in the United States. Or you really love the idea of waking up and looking out a window and seeing the Eiffel Tower in the distance. And nobody in your world has ever wanted to go to France. Nobody has ever cared that you are secretly a Francophile. And you would just love the moment of standing near the Champs-Élysées and going, I'm here. (laughs) Me. So the first question that solo travel and solo vacations answer is, who are you? The second question that solo travel and solo uh, vacations answer is, am I strong enough? Can I do this? It is a confidence boost like you will never imagine to take your very first solo trip. So let me tell you about my very first solo trip. This was on an airplane. It was to Los Angeles, California. Um, I was supposed to be hooking up with friends in California, but the trip itself was all about me. So I had planned this trip to go to LA to see some friends who were out there for a conference. I booked a flight. Uh, I was planning to stay with them when I got there. So I had that covered. I was renting a car and um, yeah, I was ready to go. I was all set to go. And the, the day before my trip was to take place, the friend that I was supposed to see called me and said, you can't come. And I was crushed because this was my first big adventure as a single person. I was, you know, um, this wasn't post my divorce. This was much, I was much younger, but this is what really planted the bug in me that I could do this. But I was crushed because, you know, when you're going to visit a friend, it becomes your safety net. So if that's what you need for solo travel is a safety net on the other side, plan a safety net. That's totally fine. But I was also going to be getting on an airplane for the first time by myself. I was going to be traveling not only, you know, halfway across the country for me at the time, but I was going to be renting a car for the first time by myself. And I wasn't going to some small town or um, someplace cute and quaint. I was going to Los Angeles, California. This place is massive. Okay, (laughs) it was huge. And I was embarking on my first trip (laughs) out there. Um, on my own. So my friend calls and she says, um, change plans. Uh, the conference, something's going on. We really can't accommodate another person in the hotel room. Um, and, and transparency disclosure, this was a really hard time in our, our friendship. So this was a tough one. Um, and so I, you know, you can't come or if you come, you can't stay with us. And so I had to, I had to decide and I freaked out. I was like, I've never traveled any place by myself before. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know where to stay. This is Los Angeles. This isn't like Kansas. I, I, if I stay in the wrong place, I might end up all of the fears, all of the fears. You know, I would end up in the wrong part of town. I would end up running into some gang members. I would end so many things pass through my head. So I call my father and um, my father, I love dearly. Um, and he says, don't go. I'll, I will, I will pay your plane ticket back. Cause at this point in this, at this time in, in the world, um, Travel wasn't quite so restrictive as it is now, but I was still with, with I was still too close in the window to get a refundable to get my ticket refunded. So I would have just lost the money on everything, the car rental, the, the airfare, because I didn't have hotel because I didn't have to pay for it. Um, so my dad, God love him, said, 
just don't go because he had this idea in his head also that's my daughter she's she's gonna go off to LA by herself and there's no one on the other end to receive her <gasps> no so um I said I have to go and he said are you sure <laughs> and I said I, I feel like I have to go I feel like this is a test that I want to pass with flying colors I want to know who I am when I don't have anyone telling me what to do. I want to know who I am when I'm out in the world on my own as a, as a woman standing on her own two feet in a place that I know no one and, and, and attached to a location where I have nothing invested. So my dad took me to the airport and dropped me off and I got on my airplane to LAX and I was terrified Oh my gosh, I was terrified. I didn't know. This is before GPS. So I had, uh, in the 24 hours before my trip, or 48 hours before my trip, I had booked a hotel, printed out all the directions <laughs> for the hotel so that I had my, my maps so that when I got there, I would know where I was going from the airport to the hotel. I got I, all this information. And that's the other key. So let me pause here for a second and say, just because you go on vacation, you don't have to wing it. I'm an organized person. And so it it makes me happy to get someplace and have certain things already organized out so that I don't leave everything to chance. I like some fluidity in my vacation as well, but I also like to be prepared for certain things. And so if you're the kind of person who needs to plan, plan to, the, to, to your heart's content. Again, this is your chance to figure out who you are on vacation, what you need to be happy and stress-free and blissful and excited. Okay, so I get to LA <laughs> and I, I booked this hotel and it wasn't in the greatest part of LA, but it wasn't in a terrible part of LA either. And in fairness, I had been um, to LA before with some friends. And so that trip had been taken care of by other people and, and it was very different. This was my first time <laughs> woo, on my own. I'll, I'll never forget this, this this trip. It was such a great experience. Uh, scary, but great. So the, the hotel was in, it was in an okay area, but not a great area. But I found it. I got off the airplane. Okay, me back up. I get off the airplane. I get to um, Alamo Rental Agency at LAX. And I get my car. And um, it's a cute little car. And I was like, okay got checked in, got my keys, got my car. I'm sitting in the car with my maps, hands on the wheel, steering out of the, the drive, the, the, um, the covered parking area where you're supposed to drive out of the airport parking with your rental car through the gate out into LAX. And I'm just sitting there staring <laughs> at the, the street going, I am about to drive into LA on my own. Whew. Okay, so... That's what I'm gonna do. So I get in my, I, I get that car in gear, and I push the little code to get out, and the little arm comes up, and I drive, and I hit the brakes because I almost hit, I almost ran over somebody because I wasn't paying attention. But then I get out on the street, and my directions on my little map said you, I needed to take a left. So I took a left, and there I was going. I was driving to my hotel, which was really far away um, from the airport. But I found it and I got checked in and I got settled into my room. And here's the funniest thing about this trip. I remember nothing about the hotel. It was totally fine. But I didn't book a hotel because I wanted to be in the hotel. I booked a hotel because I needed some place to stay unexpectedly. And so all I needed for it to be was clean, safe, uh, clean and safe. And um, at the time, my budgets were very limited. And so my father 
again, the man always, you know, steps in because he was he was frantically worried that I was going. He paid to upgrade me to a decent hotel. I would have stayed in some some whatever because I was young and I was very young. Um, I wouldn't stay in some whatever these days. My traveling days are are definitely a lot different. But I was in a, a basic hotel. It was clean. Um, the part there was off. There was a safe parking, so I parked my car, got checked in, got to my room, and I I realized I had to figure out dinner because it was late. And I was in LA <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. So I went down to the front desk and I asked uh, if there were restaurants nearby. And the person behind the front desk, I think, gave me a list of restaurants. And this is, again, before things like Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub. And you just pick up the phone and call. Like, you could do that. But it was really expensive to do that. And something about being in that room by myself, looking over these menus, clicked to me that... I'm in LA. I am in LA. I know no one here. I have no plans. I have no direction, but I'm here. And so I got in my little rental car and I went and found some food. This is where I discovered my first um, uh, really expensive steakhouse because I ended up eating at a, I ended up getting takeout from this really great place. I'll never remember the name now, but but I found it and I was so proud that I found the restaurant. I got the directions together and I think, um, yeah, I got the directions together and I found this place. I got my dinner. I came back and I ate in the room, which was fine. I was only in LA for the weekend. So this wasn't a long trip. It was literally a, a three day trip. So I go to sleep that night. Day two, I decide to go exploring and I just decided to go driving. And that's what I did. I got in my car. I drove all over the place, places that I wasn't sure about. I would just turn around and go the other way. But I gave myself permission to just drive and and do the funny driving L.A. thing. And so I saw palm trees and I saw Chinese theater and I never got out of the car. I wasn't I wasn't confident enough yet to do a walking tour of the city by myself. But I could drive and I loved to drive. So I drove, I drove all over the city. I didn't leave the city too much, um, but I drove all over the city. And I remembered from a trip that my first trip that I had taken there that I liked this area called Santa Monica. And so I decided to drive to Santa Monica on um, one of the days that I was there and hang out and have dinner. So I navigated, I didn't know where I was going. I got directions from where I was staying and I ended up in Santa Monica on the Third Street Promenade, and it was glorious. I went to a couple of art galleries. I found this amazing Italian restaurant that had alfresco seating outside. So I got myself a table out on the promenade, out on literally on Third Street, like on the corner, out this this, this outdoor seating area, and I sat there and I people watched, and it was glorious it was just amazing I saw celebrities and I saw uh, literally limousines pulling up to corners and celebrities piling out because I think there was a movie opening that weekend um it was the Wayans family and I'm gonna forget which Wayans brother it was had a movie opening and so they were out uh and about there were other celebrities kind of out and about and this I don't know if this was normal LA, uh, LA or Santa Monica but it, it, at this point in time it just felt like the world was really um, peaceful. People were just smelling about, having dinner, drinking wine, um, going to the movies. It was just so vibrant and so alive. And there I sat in the middle of it all with my glass of Chianti. I'll never forget that with my glass of Chianti, um, hanging out, eating this amazing, I think I had mus. I remember this, I had mussels and this really great pasta, a seafood pasta dish. 
And I fell in love with the West Coast in that moment. I fell in love with the, with the heat, with the energy, with the sound, with the smells. And I realized the kind of traveler that I was to become, which was someone who understood experience was most important. I could have stayed in that hotel room for three days and say I went to LA and no one would have been the wiser. But I was there and I was scared and I was petrified, but I was there. And I was determined to be there, to really be there. So I, I like I said, I walked I walked Santa Monica, which uh, the Third Street Promenade isn't very big, but it's full of stuff. Um, I went to a couple art galleries because I love art and I realized I wanted to see some before I left. I went to a Starbucks that had a listening bar. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if those exist anymore. But this Starbucks had a listening bar where you could actually go in and listen to new music and burn yourself a, a playlist and take it with you as, as part of the offerings. I did that while I was there. I think I might still have that in some box somewhere. Um, so that was day two. By the third day, I had to check out of the hotel, but my flight wasn't leaving for a while. And I decided I really wanted to go to the beach. I hadn't been to the beach yet. And I really wanted to go to the beach because I love the water. I've always loved the, um, loved the water, loved the ocean. And as a landlocked girl from the Midwest, this is a big deal. Because this is the moment when I realized that I would never again be afraid to travel. So I was driving down Rosecrans Avenue. And if you're driving down Rosecrans Avenue, there's a moment where you crest up a hill and stretched out before you and below you below you is Manhattan Beach as you if you keep driving down the street but before you is the ocean as far as the eye can see and I drove and I crested that hill and I felt like I had found my place in the world I realized that I loved water I loved the sun I love less clothing not more I love the feel of of the sun on my skin I love the smell of salt in the air and more than anything, I love the sea looking back at me. That was my be the beginning of my love affair with living on, on an island, of being near the water, which is why I keep ending up in places that are near the water. So I get down Rosecrans and I slide into Manhattan Beach and I think to myself, one day, <laughs> one day. <clears throat> now, that trip to LA was my was my moment to realize that I could achieve so many great experiences if I just gave myself permission to do so. I had a lot of fun hanging out in Manhattan Beach that day. I had a great breakfast. My flight was in the late afternoon, early evening, so I had some time to kill. I had a great breakfast. I ran into an old friend. Of all things in the world, I ran into an old friend <laughs> walking the streets of Manhattan Beach. I, hung, I talked to them for a few minutes. I made some new friends. Cute guys with surfboards. We'll leave it at that. Um, I also stared at the water and I saw a whale in the distance and and I saw a huge cargo ship in the distance and I and I found out I could stand a lot of happy <laughs> I could stand a whole lot of happy so what do you think about your prospects of making a decision to get out there and travel and allow yourself to figure out who you are in your in yourself because travel unleashes your spirit in a way that nothing else does getting yourself into places that you don't normally exist in brings to you such a feeling of power and confidence it's almost intoxicating which is why so many travel agencies and travel groups and travel blogs and travel shows and travel groups on Facebook exist because travel is intoxicating and heady and you know what when you travel you find your tribe 
you'll find your people. The beauty of travel is that, especially solo travel, ladies, there are a lot of solo travel groups out there just for us, just for women who love to travel on their own, but also want to keep their finger connected so they know what's happening in various places. If you think about it, one of the things that we really love, or at least I think that we really love, is that is having lived a good life, having lived a good life of experiences. And when you decide to have experiences that may push your comfort zone and grow and stretch yourself, when you choose to have that, you can't ever look back. You can't ever look back because you then start refusing to accept things that don't align with who you are. And being ultimately blissful and answering the question of how much happy can you stand to receive in any given day starts to, starts to change because you realize you can stand to receive a lot of happy in your given day. And when you travel by yourself, when you take the time to figure out who you are because you're outside of your comfort zone, the woman that you believe you are starts to emerge. The person that you hope you are can, can come out to play because there's no one there to censor you. There's no one there to stop you. Now, does that mean that you might get up to some things that, you know, may cause folks to turn heads? It's entirely possible. Let me explain to you something. The very first Thanksgiving that I decided to travel instead of spend time with family was not met with great um, enthusiasm, <laughs> let me just say. But I wouldn't trade my first Thanksgiving in Hawaii for anything. Not for a million years would I trade that feeling of being in Hawaii on Thanksgiving and, and celebrating that experience in a whole new place, totally different from any place I'd ever been before. Now that may not be you, but but if it is you and you're, you've always wondered like, what would it be like to spend Christmas at the Louvre? Or what would it, what, what harm would it do if I decided to ring in New Year's Eve in Times Square, in New York, watching the ball drop? in the throngs of people, because I've always wanted to do that, but no one ever wants to go with me and I'm totally afraid to go by myself. And what will people think? Who cares what they will think? Who cares what they will think? Refusing to accept anything but the best from yourself and your life means that sometimes people will have to accommodate the new you that's coming up, that's coming to fruition. And let me say something, traveling after 40 is a whole different experience because you have a better sense of what you like and what you don't like. But even if this is your first trip and you're over the age of 40 and you're like, I don't even know where to start, get on Facebook, get into groups about travel, look at the, look at the women who are traveling and who are taking their kids or who are taking themselves and they're just going. So let me talk to the single mamas out there for just a minute because I'm a single mom. I'm a single mom of an amazing little boy and we do spend more time at home than we do traveling because, you know, life, choices, life and choices. But we also travel and I belong to some amazing groups that are specifically mamas who travel and they give me inspiration and they show me how it's done and they answer all my questions and then I book my trip and off we go. And so if you're a single mom and you're like, I can't take kids, that's a budget I don't have, then you can travel on a budget. You can travel for as little or as much money as you're comfortable spending. Money is not the obstacle to the experiences that you want to have. You don't have to go many places to get great experiences, but you do have to get out of your house. And so if you choose to get out of your house and take the step out the door, then what you'll find is no matter if you're spending $5 or $50,000, the experience that you achieve and bring into your life completely changes your perspective, not only on the world, but on your 
place in the world. Traveling levels us up. Traveling brings us ourselves. Traveling expands our definition of humanity, which I think is really important in this day and age. And, and ultimately, traveling reminds us of being alive. That, the, that living is not just the everyday, day-to-day, keeping food on the table, gas in the tank, clothes on the back. It's also about an entire world of experiences that we get to have, as Colette says. <laughs> do Foolish experiences should be done with enthusiasm. We should do them and we should do them with enthusiasm. So join some travel groups. Give yourself permission to live vicariously through someone else until you're ready to live uh, in reality with yourself. Do your research. Do your homework. Read the stories of other women who've traveled and who have gotten out there, whether they're doing staycations or vacations. If you've never staycationed your city, start there. Get yourself a hotel room in a place that in a, in a part of your state or your city that you would not normally stay in. Give yourself permission to eat in restaurants that you don't normally go to, to go into clothing stores and try things on that you may never have thought you would wear. Whether you do it on a small scale or whether you go, this is it. I'm taking that safari. I'm out of here. Whatever you choose to do, give yourself permission to do it. Do your homework. Get into the groups that are talking about the thing that you want to do. Make some connections. Make some friends, which will help you feel safer. And I, like I said, I'm not going to poo-poo the fact that the world is not always safe for women travelers. But there are many, 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 many ways to minimize the impact if you, if you do your homework, and you do your research, and you make a plan. Because if you make a plan, you're way less likely to get in over your head. So that's it for today. I really hope this has been an inspiration to you. Um, my son and I just came back from, a, or not just came back, this summer we spent three days down at the Jersey Shore because we'd never been down to the Jersey, or he had never been to the Jersey Shore. And this was his first trip to the ocean. And I can't tell you how ecstatic it made me feel to see his face light up the way my face lit up when I very first saw the ocean, which was when I was a kid with my dad um, when, we first, when we visited New Jersey for the first time. Um, but to see my kid's face and realize that that's the feeling that I want him to have when he thinks about his life, that feeling of being small in the face of this massive amount of water, this beauty, but also feeling a part of it, feeling like a piece of you exists out in the world that looks so different and that piece might you might never have discovered if you hadn't given yourself permission to just get out there. So that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. It's Dr. Sashin again for the Bliss Report. Please, if you get the chance and you feel so inclined, leave us a rating and a review so that we can get our numbers up and make sure that more people can hear and see us on the Bliss Report. Again, thank you for those of you who um, are subscribers. And yeah, kudos. We're on Amazon Music. So exciting. So very exciting. Um, uh, what else before I let go? Because I'm always supposed to remember all the little end notes and I tend to forget certain things. So I'm trying to remember them all now. Oh, I think that's it. This has been Dr. Sashin. This has been The Bliss Report. Like and share this podcast because we're growing the Bliss Tribe. And get out there. There are four months left in 2021. Or excuse me, three months. Well, three months left in 2021 and the holidays are coming. Maybe this is your first holiday where you can decide what to do with yourself. So do you stay or do you go? Let us know. We'd love to hear it. Take care, everyone. Bye.